Minus 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfect. Oh, mercy! Five, four, three, two, one. Hmm? Welcome to the Mass and All Access podcast presented by Marymount University. Visit MarymountSaints.com to learn more about our student athletes and programs today. Coming to you from our respective apartments, Paul Mancano, Bobby Blanco, joining you here on the Mass and All Access podcast. To wherever you're listening to us, we appreciate you joining us. We hope that you're home, you're with your family, you're safe, you're doing well, and you're watching a lot of Netflix. Bobby, how you doing? I'm doing well. Hanging in there, man. You know, just enjoying. At least uh, I like our considered. bit of watch. All things considered, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I am actually uh, posting up at my parents' house in Silver Spring. So okay. it's good to have some have some space. I've got plenty of Nationals decor to uh, to go around for, for podcasting and, yeah. and Skype calls. So I'm also got all majority of uh, my Nats gear trying to wear what I would be wearing if I were watching these games as a fan on the podcast, kind of reliving them since we didn't get to relive them as fans. Um, but yeah, all things considered, it's nice yeah. to have space. It's nice to be, have space, you know, away from other people, uh, but also within the house, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but also within the house with your, with my fam. So yeah, all things considered pretty good. How are you, Paul? I'm all right. I got called out by our boss on the last podcast about not having enough, uh, Nats gear behind it, behind me. So I've stepped it up a little bit. Got a little uh, Sean Doolittle jersey, like jersey, little hat, little uh, picture yeah. taken at the World Series parade by one Hannah Broder. So I've stepped up my game, Bob. I uh, yeah, and uh, I've been watching a lot of Tiger King. Crushed that in about two oh, days. Um, yep. Wow, wow, what a show! Wow, wow, what a show indeed. Yeah, uh, if that you, is, um, it's it's somebody described it as the the only show that cannot be spoiled. It is unspoilable. <laughs> like you, I could I could yeah. list out all the plot details. And it still wouldn't spoil all of the insane twists and turns that that show takes. Yeah, I um, I had some couple of friends like when it first came out, like recommended to me, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, you know, whatever, I'll yeah. I'll put it in the queue, I'll watch it when I get to it. But then, like you know how Netflix has the thing now where as soon as you like open the app, like it automatically like plays a preview of whatever they want you to watch. Yes. And Tiger King was that it might still be, but was that like for like a week? So ended up watching the full trailer and I, me and my girlfriend were just like, what, what is this? What, <laughs> what is happening here? So we, we like immediately started watching it. Yeah. We crushed it about a weekend. Um, pretty crazy stuff. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, all the, plot lines are crazy in of itself i didn't realize first and foremost how deep and extensive and expanded the big cat trading industry was in america you know the fact that there were more tigers in private captivity in america than they are in the wild is first of all ridiculous that should never be the case and second of all uh it's just jaw dropping it's like how what like there are that many people that buy and trade and sell these animals that's crazy to me yeah, but of course i mean it's not crazy it's not a shocker that majority of it is in the south like in florida or in oklahoma or south yeah. carolina you know it's it's where it, it happens exactly where you expect it to be yeah exactly and then there's the whole obsession with joe exotic and uh uh let me tell you i've been going around singing here kitty kitty 
for a full week now. Um, it's I saw Tiger. <laughs> That's not his voice. Whose voice? No, is no. That? It was. It's actually like a different group. That's like a fun fact. Like because there's no. I, I was listening to it. I was like, there's no way that's his voice. It's he paid no. like a different group to write and record those songs and pretend that he did them. Just, so he's just yeah on camera for the music video. And they didn't even have time to like include that in the documentary because of all the other insane stuff they had to get to. Yeah, Wild. and the other thing you said it's not it's unspoilable. Well, it's also like there's no side to pick. You can't like the only side oh. I'm on is are the are the animals yes. like. These poor animals. There are maybe there's one, maybe two characters or people we see in all like aside from like obviously like yeah like the DA and like the sheriff whatever yeah. like aside from like law enforcement and public servants there are maybe two characters that I actually liked. I I don't I despise every other person <laughs> I see. I I. I don't care which side they're on. I despise them all. I want them gone. Yeah. I want them away. I, I, and it also felt to me like whoever directed, put together this docuseries was just, just wanted to bring to light, obviously, this, you know, underlying industry in America that's terrible for like animals. It's basically animal trafficking. Yeah. And but also kind of just to poke fun at both of these, like the two main characters, like these two people are are pretty far out there <laughs> yes yeah that was it was amazingly done um because it's it started out going one way then it took a hard left turn then it flipped 360 in it midair um just the the insane twists and turns uh what a show would highly recommend all right bobby talking about insane twists and turns we have been going through the 2019 nationals postseason run and been re-watching all of their postseason wins Last week, we got to the NL wildcard game, which was one of the most insane games. This one, not quite as insane, but a great game nonetheless. Steven Strasburg on the mound against the Dodgers at Dodger Stadium. Nats coming off a 6 to nothing loss in Game 1. Pretty, uh, pretty deflating loss. They come back in Game 2 with the guy they want on the mound, Steven Strasburg. We rewatched it. Let's go through it chronologically. How does that sound? Sounds good to me. And also a reminder to everyone listening and watching Masson is going to start broadcasting all of these wins starting tomorrow. You can watch the wildcard game at one o'clock, the win over the Brewers on Masson. And then this game too, the one we're about to talk about in depth uh, will be at Saturday, Saturday night at eight o'clock and then game uh, four and five on um, Sunday and Monday throughout all of course of the next week and a half about. So going through the 15th, including the parade, Masson's rebroadcasting all the uh, Nationals playoff wins from last season. So be sure to tune in if you got nothing else to do tomorrow, at one o'clock on Masson for the wild card game. And most of you, let's be honest, have nothing else to do. We will also be live tweeting at Masson Nationals on our account as we go along as if the game were live. So join us on social as well during those games. All right. First inning, Bobby, got to start with the fact that I totally forgot that the great Alex Chappell was the sideline reporter for these games. I didn't forget. I just it was just like when you think about the Nationals post and this is not a shot to Alex at all. Of course, we love her. We love working with her. She's one of the best people in the industry that I've ever met. But uh, it's not that we forgot. It's just like so like way side like, you know, we're we we're so like focusing on Nationals. And our content, we're not again. We didn't watch the broadcast, like because we're at all these games. So it's it is it's kind of funny to remember. Oh yeah, Alex was there. She was with TBS, which is obviously a great opportunity for her. She killed it. Uh, She did a great job. 
Um, I'm sure a lot of Nats fans appreciated seeing a familiar face on on the first round of national broadcasts uh, throughout the NLDS. Um, and also a mention I have I have written down. You know, last week during the Walker game, you talked about how like Lauren Shahadi was doing like the in-game interviews with both managers, and you thought that was the craziest thing ever. Yeah, Alex was now in that role for the NLDS doing it. Uh, I will say one, she did a fantastic job. Yep, one or two questions, and she's out of there. Yep, you know, not taking up too much time. Not that Lauren Shahadi did a bad job. I'm just saying uh, in terms of this game that I noticed, and then also too. They got it out of the way early. Like I think she yeah. did both manager interviews in like the second inning, and then it's done, so they can focus on the rest of the game. Yeah. So I thought that was better handled. And both, I think, good job to both managers, um, Dave Roberts and Davey Martinez, for just taking it all in stride. You know, answering her questions honestly and legitimately while he's trying. And giving to thoughtful to. answers. Yeah. Yes, they were. They were a great job. All right. I also want to mention before we get started that I think this was the game I saw Joe Jonas riding past me on an escalator. Go to Dodgers games, you always get to see some uh, exciting people. And uh, uh, he rode past me, and I turned to Olivia Withright, and I said, was that? She goes, yep, that was Joe Jonas. Uh, But we continue. Um, First inning, uh, Trey Turner, leadoff double on the first pitch of the game. Clayton Kershaw's pitching for the Dodgers. Uh, that, uh, That Trey Turner double could have easily been picked, I think, by... Justin Turner over at third by the Dodgers. Um, but he doesn't get it, so they get the leadoff runner on. Adam Eaton bunts what uh, is a terrible bunt, but it almost worked. It went almost went over the head of Justin Turner, and they almost had runners on either first and second or first and third on that play. He pops out. Um, but then uh, Rendon, 88-mile-per-hour slider look uh, from Kershaw. Uh, swing and a miss. He looked silly, but in that at bat, he he didn't look silly ever again. He figured it out. He walked, um, and so now they have runners on. Now the Nats are starting to to for the first time they'd gotten shut out the game before, and they're threatening in the first inning. Yeah, and I think um, Davey Martinez ends up in that interview with Alex Chapel in game ends up talking about like, Hey, we discussed, you know, needing a hot start to this game after being shut out last night. You know, we needed to get runners on. Obviously that's how this was our bread and butter throughout the course of the second half of the season, getting guys on and getting them in. Um, yeah, the doubles to start Adam Eaton, like you said, it almost worked the pop bump, but didn't really quite work out for him. Got caught out. Uh, it was over six to start the postseason at this point. He ends up contributing later in the game, which is a good sign for the nationals. Um, and, and, and Rendon, like you said, just a great at bat, even though he had a tough swing early on in the at bat. You know, it, like we said last week, just calm, cool, collective, no matter what the situation, no matter what happened previously or what's going ha- to happen, um, was able to stand in there and draw a walk from Clayton Kershaw, who we know ha- has a tough uh, postseason history. He doesn't have the great track record, you know, for the great pitcher that he is in the regular season, you know, future Hall of Famer, of course, but he doesn't have that postseason track record that you would expect someone like him to have. Of course, has never won the big one, has trouble in big games, uh, gets into sticky situations. And we see it early on here in the top of the first. The Nationals putting some heat on Clayton Kershaw with the Dodgers. A good chance. You know, you would think up one nothing, and Kershaw's going game two. That's a good chance for the Dodgers to go up 2 nothing heading back to D.C. But, again, his postseason track record isn't quite there. The Nationals jump on him early. And then you have Juan Soto coming up to bat. And uh, here's something that I noticed. I didn't notice live in game when we were there. They booed Juan Soto for what? Why did they? Boo- <laughs> he didn't do any. I, he had like one hit in game one and that was it. Uh, it's a wild card game. I don't know. I don't understand. They only booed Juan Soto. I don't understand 
Well, why? That that was confusing to me uh, during this rewatch. Especially Dodgers fans. Um, yeah, know, not that it was a vocal group. I don't know why they would pick Juan Soto to. Uh, strange. Yeah, Dodger Stadium is awesome from a structural stamp- standpoint. Like it is just so antique and old. Yeah. You feel like you're like in the fifties or the sixties watching a game. But the crowd, I guess, that was easily the worst crowd we saw throughout the postseason. Yeah, it felt like it. A, it, it, it felt like a pregame. Like, it felt like this was yeah. the pregame for their parties that they were going out to later that night. Exactly. And, you know, it, it's the biggest stadium that we we went to. It's like 40-something thousand people, almost 50,000 people. And, you know, it was just crickets most of the night, except for when the Dodgers got a couple hits or whatever, made a play. Like, it was just kind of a lackluster crowd, I think, then, yeah. in I, terms of what we saw later on in the postseason. And a lackluster performance from Kershaw. I, I, I mean, he just turns into a completely different pitcher in the postseason. And you saw it all night. It was like everything that worked for him in the regular season, he went away from. Suddenly, he's like struggling with his command. He hits Rend- or he hits Soto with a pitch um, and then gives up an RBI single to Cowie Kendrick, and all of a sudden, it's one nothing Nats. Um, and it's just like the narrative starts all over again for, for uh, Clayton Kershaw. Um, and then... Ryan Zimmerman comes up. He's still got bases loaded. I know he likes high fastballs, but what is he doing swinging at the first pitch in that at-bat? Did you notice that too? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I noticed that, you know, it looks like the Nationals are able to change their own narrative in terms of not being able to score early yeah. or at least leaving runners on base a lot during the postseason. They, you know, get a leadoff double and they get Turner in to score to go up early, one nothing at the top of the first. And there's plenty of, op- like you said, you know, uh, Soto got hit by a pitch, Rendon drove a walk. There are still two guys on, um, uh, but Zim, like you said, first pitch swing, Suzuki ends up not being able to drive any runs. And it, that kind of like rejuvenated the feeling, a little unsettling feeling of here we go again. You know, this was a great opportunity to pounce like big early. I have a big first inning against Clayton Kershaw where you got Steven Strasburg for your, for your own team going on the mound where you felt like, all right, if we can get two or three runs here early, we're golden. You know, yeah. this is a great start for us, but only getting one when you had what three base runners in the course of the first inning of a struggling Kershaw was a little unsettling for me. But like you said, yeah, Zimmerman going after that first pitch was was brutal to watch because like you felt like just kind of wait. Just, you know, you don't yeah. need to swing at that pitch right there. No, and and all you need at that point is um, a long fly ball, um, you know, yeah. it, it, to just get home another run. But they only come out of that top of the first with one run. It felt like a whole lot more at that point, but the Dodgers kind of escaped. Um, well, it's because they had made Kershaw throw 26 pitches. Uh, yeah. You know, that was, I mean, I guess, the, yes, they only got one run in on him. Um, you know, the ending of the inning wasn't great, but they, they made him throw 26 pitches in the top of the yeah. first. That's a, a good start in and of itself, too, I guess. That's yeah. something to take away. Bottom half of the first, uh, we already get a pretty good idea of what kind of night it's going to be for Steven yep. Strasburg. Um, he gets Jack Peterson to strike out looking ridiculous. Um, he's just on skates um, and one, two, three inning, his changeup is electric and it just feels like this is going to be one of those great nights for straws. Yeah. And I think another little like nugget coming into it, uh, the broadcast showed, you know, Justin Turner was hitting four twelve in uh, division series games coming into that game. Um, and AJ Pollock crushes Strasburg. He, he, he hit 500 against him seven for 14, 
and Strasburg retires aside on 13 pitches with two strikeouts. I mean, he just cruised through those yeah. third, those first three hitters like it was nothing. I mean, he threw half of the pitches that Kershaw did and plus got two strikeouts um, against guys that hit well in this, that situation and hit well against him. Um, and he was able to get through pretty easily. All right, second inning. Nats trying to tack on some more. Kershaw, again, showing signs he just doesn't have it. He hits Robles right in the kneecap. Just flat on the yeah, kneecap. Well, of course, Robles gets hit by a pitch. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, the uh, Eaton, you mentioned that he started out 0 for 6 in the postseason. First hit of the postseason, he drives in Robles, um, and the Nats uh, attack on another run. Um, one thing I noticed that I do want to say is the ump behind the plate is huge. He was like 6'7", I think the broadcast said. And the mic on him was incredibly loud. He, I just heard every single call. No, low, no, low. Oh, yeah, yeah. Every time. Yeah, yeah. Um, nope, nope. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But the Nats are threatening once again. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and then here, Eaton finally gets his first hit. Anthony Rendon gets one of his first hits of the postseason. It's a good-looking time. You know, it was important that the Nationals were able to kind of Yes, score in the first inning, but then also flip the lineup going into the second. It's like basically yeah. leading off again in the, in the top of the second, and they're able to get to Kershaw again. Um, and so that's something we haven't seen before. And um, another small storyline, the Nats scoring with two outs. They're able to hit with two outs. They mentioned that in the wildcard game. I think they mentioned on later in this, in this broadcast, they led the National League in scoring runs with uh, two outs, uh, and they're able to do it again here. Um, and Eaton battles a six-pitch at-bat, was able to get on base and Rendon jumps on the first pitch. He just misses a Homer yep. um, off Kershaw. And then you know, that ball was right in his, his sweet spot, middle it in like the broadcast said, and then Eaton yeah. scoring from first um, because he was running with two outs on that long, long fly ball. So uh, yeah, and that's where able to take advantage of some, another Kershaw mistakes, but also doing what they've been doing in the second half of the season, hitting with two outs. And another storyline, uh, we were experiencing as it was going along were the potential dejuicing of the balls in the postseason. And there's another hit. That Rendon one that I marked down is one that off the bat looks way gone. Um, and yeah, honestly, yeah. shocking it didn't go. Um, but just another one to, to keep in mind. That was, I mean, I think it was the first pitch of that at bat to Rendon. What a fat pitch by Kershaw. I mean, that was that was like belt high, middle of the plate. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> middle and in. Yeah, and and maybe he's banking on because uh, Rendon's such a patient hitter, waiting on that. But wh- how are you throwing that pitch to Anthony Rendon with runners on? Like, just Kershaw was just not himself. This this rewatching is gonna make me miss Anthony Rendon more and more because <laughs> I mean, you just I mean his brilliance is put on the national stage. This is like this is why he was such a good he's such a good hitter. He has that uncanny ability just to hit the reset button after every pitch. So it's like every pitch he's seeing is the first pitch. You know, he, yeah. he treats every pitch differently like its own entity. So like we just saw him work a walk in his first at bat in the first inning, and then he's jumping on the first pitch and almost goes yard in the second inning. So yeah. like he's an incredible hitter. Like you said, you can't put that pitch right there. That's right where he wants it. Should have been a home run, but it wasn't. Um, but Anthony Rendon finally starts his offense coming alive in the start of this game. Um, of course, leads to a big October for him uh, throughout the throughout the postseason. Uh, note coming from the broadcast, Jeff Francoeur, I believe, said it. Um, through two innings, 43 pitches for uh, Clayton Kershaw, two curveballs. He's only going with the fastball and slider at this point in the game. I guess he just does, feels like he doesn't have the curveball, but yeah. 
whatever he was throwing, the Nats were hitting it. So um, pretty shocked that he didn't throw that pitch, and he was just getting crushed. I mean, he was he was losing his composure. So three nothing Nats after the top of the second. Uh, bottom of the second, another one two three inning for Steven Strasburg. Uh, Howie Kendrick with one of his few. Nice plays, defensive plays of the postseason. A nice uh, uh, ranging to his right at second base, picking up a grounder, throwing it out. Uh, Cody Bellinger at first base. Another big storyline in this series is how the Nats were able to keep Cody Bellinger in check. Yeah, Cody Bellinger, also uh, a guy on the Dodgers on this Dodgers team that has a great regular season track record. Obviously, the eventual MVP of last season, but not. Not too hot in the postseason. I think he only manages four hits in this series. Uh, that goes five games and no RBIs, no home runs. Um, he, he really struggles, and the Nationals are able to tame the eventual MVP and and do not. Now, Howie Kendrick. Now that probably nine out of ten times is a base hit, but Howie Kendrick makes an unbelievable stop yeah. at second base. Which again, here's another is one of my pregame notes. Like this is this is Ryan Zimmerman's first start. Uh, in the postseason, he he goes to first base. They slide Howie Kendrick back to second base after his two errors in game one the night before. They slide Asdrubal Cabrera to back to the bench, who comes up in a big spot later in the game. Uh, this is kind of, I think this is pretty much the lineup that we see the rest of the way throughout the postseason uh, for Davey Martinez with Ryan Zimmerman starting at first and Kendrick sliding to second. And he feels a little more comfortable, seems like, uh, in the field there. But yeah. Uh, Cody Bellinger really struggles in this postseason. Uh, kind of like we said uh, in the Walker game with the Brewers missing Christian Yelich, it's almost like the Dodgers were missing Cody Bellinger because he didn't contribute much. He, again, he get, he ends up getting four hits, and I think two of them come in the Dodgers' blowout in game three, and then he gets only two more over the course of the next two games, which the Dodgers have the ability to clinch, to win. Um, he, he can't come through for them. Might have been the key, low-key key to the series. All right, uh, third inning. Uh, Nats still up 3-0, but they go down 1-2-3 in that top of the third. Another Howie Kendrick uh, long fly ball. Another one. D-Juice balls, question mark. Long fly ball that gets caught um, at the warning track. Uh, But 1-2-3 for the Nats in the top of the third. Um, And then bottom of the third, Straz just goes right back to work. Just starts punching guys out. He's another perfect frame in the third inning. Um, Crazy that Straz had thrown 33 pitches three nights before. In the wild card game, um, one thing I did notice: Kurt Suzuki, which I didn't notice during the the actual uh, game. Kurt Suzuki on the second out is a strikeout. Thought that the second out was the third out and started to head back to the bullpen or to the dugout. Um, but uh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. But I had to take another step back. Um, so, uh, but nonetheless, it didn't much matter. Straz just carved him up, um, and then to end the bottom of the third, um, Juan Soto within. Awesome, awesome diving catch uh, on yep. of a uh, Clayton Kershaw pop fly. Yep, yeah, he also is starting to make up much like Howie Kendrick, kind of make up for uh, his defensive mishaps in the wild card game. Like we said, you know, he didn't have have a great game overall in the wild card game. He, of course, everyone's going to remember that that bases clearing double, but. He had a tough game, and I believe he had a pretty tough. He got one hit in game one of this series, and that's pretty much it. So to see him make that diving play was probably a huge boost of confidence for him. Uh, he he might turn his his own play around uh, throughout the postseason and this series in particular. So yeah, huge huge play right there. But back to the Howie Kendrick kid that you said mentioned falls just short. Did you notice where that 
went uh, pretty much goes the same direction that his grand slam goes in game five. So you can see that's where Howie Kendrick was trying to push the ball early on in the series. Wow, that's funny. I did not did not notice that. That's, uh, that's I think his grand slam ends up going a little more center, but yeah, yeah pretty much right center ish. Yeah. Um, but it just it, that's looks like that's where he was aiming for, um, and just missed this time. Obviously, in game five, he connects for a grand slam. Um, all right, fourth inning. So Straw's still perfect. Nat's still up three nothing. Fourth inning, um, Kershaw himself makes an outstanding play uh, to throw out Robles after Robles uh, had a little. Bunt attempt, try to get on. Um, got flashbacks to Zach Greinke in the World Series with an awesome sliding, uh, slides right in front of the plate, picks it up, throws out Robles, uh, and the Nats go down one, two, three in the top of the fourth. Both pitchers now starting to settle in. Yeah, I like the idea of Robles trying to go with a surprise bunt right there. You know, rewatching it, it's like I, you know, no one on base. What the heck? You know, he's got the speed to get there. Uh, he, you know, I think nine out of ten times he makes it there. Kershaw just made a fantastic play. He is a gold glove wreck at, at, on the mound. Um, it's just a great play by Kershaw. There's nothing you can really do. But I like the idea of at least trying to lay that down and get on base early, try to get the Kershaw. But like you said, Kershaw starting to settle in. This is easily his best inning, 11 pitches. Um, he gets, gets through it pretty cleanly. And then bottom of the half of the fourth, Zimmerman makes a nice pick at first on a throw from Anthony Rendon. Everything's just seems like at this point after the Soto catch the inning before, um, it just seems like everything's coming up Nats at this point. Everything is going their way. Um, and Strauss, still perfect. Another perfect frame in the fourth. I, I mean, crazy to think about, because I, I always think back to the, the Max Scherzer and Anibal Sanchez in games uh, one and two, reverse that order, but games one and two of the NLCS, uh, carrying no-hit bids. The fact that three Nats pitchers during their postseason run, Steven Strasburg, Anibal Sanchez, and... Max Scherzer all had no hit bids at some point in their postseason run is just wild, just absolutely insane. Yeah, no, absolutely. You're, you're incredible. And again, we talked about this with Strasburg's bullpen appearance in the wildcard game, but he's, he's really flashing what he was prepared to do last October, you know, and he obviously of course becomes the eventual world series MVP. Um, this he was built and uh, kind of ties back into Kershaw's narrative. You know, he was a great pitcher, a long-standing, fantastic pitcher, multiple Cy Young awards, an MVP as a pitcher, um, but doesn't have the postseason track record. It's longer, but it's not as good. Strasburg has a much smaller postseason track record, but it's phenomenal. I think he came into this start with a, including the wildcard game, like a four one oh four one ERA over a course of a handful of games. Um, Strasburg has pitched pretty well in a small sample size in his postseason career leading up to this game. And of course we see him go through a tear. The nationals win all of his starts throughout the postseason. Um, actually I even look back cause we'll get to Max Scherzer in a little bit, but they, they win every game that Max appears in as well throughout the postseason. Um, so the fact that that's another interesting thing that they just, you know, this is how the nationals build their team. This is how Mike was, they start with starting pitching. And the, like you said, the fact that three of their starting pitchers were able to take no hit bids uh, at some point throughout the postseason is is pretty incredible. That's that's the level of starting pitching that this team had last year, and also relying on back to Strasburg quickly. Yeah. You just mentioned, I mean, just in terms of this game in particular, I mean, his curveball and changeup are were just absolutely filthy. I think this is the first time, even the broadcast mentioned, like. Uh, um, 
I think Ernie Johnson asked someone's like you, you mentioned this earlier and like, you know, you're a savant when it comes to Steven Strasburg because you always preach about Strasburg's curveball. His off speed stuff was absolutely filthy, filthy on the national stage against this Dodgers team. Um, he was throwing the curve. I think at some point on the broadcast, they mentioned he threw 14 curveballs already and three of his five strikeouts were coming off the, off the curveball. I mean, and then he was crossing guys up on the changeup. This Dodgers lineup won 106 games last year yeah. and he was just making them look silly. One of the most prolific offenses in all of baseball. And he was making them look silly. He, he was on fire that night. Uh, his first hit given up did not come until the fifth inning. In the fifth inning, I started to – he strikes out Bellinger. Bellinger looks silly. And at yep. that point, I remember thinking he could do it. Like, this is yeah. – you know, turn on your TVs. Like, this is um, this is where it started to get really interesting. Um, and then, of course, that inning, Will Smith gets the first hit. A little bloop single on actually a good pitch. Um, and uh, it just – I mean – it, honestly, it almost is better. Like, you always want to see history and you want to see something like that, but it felt like you breathe out a little bit of a sigh of relief just because it's like, all right, you give up the first hit. That's what he's been waiting for. Um, you know, yeah. now, now we're not talking about a perfect game. We're not talking about a no-hitter. We're just talking about a win here. Yeah, and, and even to that hit, I mean, like you said, the pitch wasn't terrible. He just went and got it. But I think even looking the field, I think Robles – had a legit shot at that ball. I think if this is like a game in June, he probably dives for it. Yeah. I think he had a, a, but like with the lead, with the way Strasburg is pitching the way he had been up to that point, there is no need to, I like the fact that he played it safe too. You know, just let it land in front of you, get the ball in the infield, limit, limit it to a single, uh, and, and play it safe. You got a three run lead at this point. Strasburg is cruising. There's no reason to think that, giving up a bit his first base runner is going to make him collapse at any at any point so uh i like that small little nugget too of of, yeah. of robles normally would probably would you know we know how aggressive he is in the outfield too he would probably go for any other night but the fact that he was smart and played it safe i think paid dividends on the line because that could have turned into a, a terrible double or triple you know that could have been a disaster had he gone for it and missed so Strasburg's first hit comes in the fifth inning. His first run surrendered comes in the bottom of the sixth inning jock peterson hits a double I honestly thought uh, it, it was hit to left center. There, I thought Robles had a chance to cut it off and maybe keep it to a single, but it ends up being a double. Yeah, I think you know. I think the replay that the broadcast shows from behind the plate—it's a good look. Because off the bat, I think absolutely Robles has a good shot above. I think Ernie—it slices away from him. You can see it kind of drifting to, I guess, from the camera angle view, the left more towards left field. Um, yeah, it was just the way the ball came off the bat. Right, at, it looks like it's going right after him. And also, I think he was shaded a little more towards right field, uh, set up. And uh, you know, Robles has fantastic speed, but with the ball slicing that way, it just got away from him a little bit. Then uh, Justin Turner has a, an RBI single, uh, and all of a sudden, Nats are up just three to one, uh, and there was a runner on third with two down. So at this point in the game, uh, Straz has looked awesome, but. Now, you know, three runs looked just fine a couple innings ago. Now it starts to look a little wary, but then Straws with, I mean, maybe the low-key most important part of the game um, was snagging a line drive, hit right at him um, to end the inning, to end the sixth inning, uh, showing off that kind of athleticism and just instantaneous reaction time. Yeah, and it's A.J. Pollock, too. Like I said, A.J. Pollock... Before this game, leading into this game, crushed 
uh, Steven Strasburg hitting 500 off him. He had struck out, I think, his first two at-bats. And then it must be very frustrating for him because he's in this lineup to face Steven Strasburg. He gets two strikeouts and then a line drive right back. I mean, that's that's usually a run. That's got to that's a run any other night probably. But like you said, the athleticism by Strasburg to get down and, and snag that ball yeah. was pretty incredible. That could have been a 3-2 game easily. Do you remember in between innings, the cameras caught it. I don't even remember the conversations. Did Strauss have some kind of back and forth with Paul Menhart in the dugout? I, they showed two clips. Uh, and no, I don't remember this from from when we were there uh, live, of course. Yeah. Uh, but it, at one point, he's yell. it seems like he's yelling at somebody. And I can't tell if it's Paul Menhart. But then, I think coming out from another commercial break, they show like an extended uh, version of that clip. And it, it ends up being Paul Menhart. And they like walk down the tunnel together to have a conversation. I don't remember that at all in this yeah, in this game. Neither. I don't remember that being a thing. Um, I can't imagine what they were talking about. I mean, I can. I, the only thing I can think of is that you know this was three days after the wild card game and Strasburg threw thirty something pitches in relief. Yeah, they were giving, and that's another storyline that we didn't talk about leading into this game. That you know Strasburg starting this game, but he pitched three days earlier. You know, yeah. thirty seven. I mean, that's not. You know, it's not a full game, but it's basically a bullpen session, right? You know, for a normal pitcher. So the fact that he ends up throwing 80 pitches in this game is pretty impressive. Uh, he threw 85 pitches, you know, three days after throwing 35, 37, whatever it was. Um, so and that must have been the kind of conversation. Of course, we know the competitor that Strasburg is. It comes out again later in this postseason. But I'm assuming that he was creeping up to his pitch count. I think this was his toughest inning yet um, in the sixth. Uh, and he's I'm guessing that they had some sort of pitch count limit on him because he had pitched earlier in the week and he was creeping up to that, but he wanted to stay in. And Paul Marinot had <laughs> being the pitching coach had to be the guy to tell him, no, sorry, we, we got to pull you eventually. Yeah. I don't even remember that being a storyline after the game. I don't, I, I have nope. no recollection of that whatsoever. Um, all right. Seventh inning. Nats uh, uh, threaten, but cannot drive in any runs. Uh, Rendon gets called out on strikes on, a pitch that looked a little bit low um, after Eaton got mm-hmm. on with an incredible bunt. Um, to me, I and say, he did not like it. No, I say if Rendon th- doesn't think it's a strike, it's probably not a strike. Um, but it was close. Yeah, it was close the broadcast with, said that too. Yeah, but it, it was close with two strikes. Um, and then <laughs> I, the the one of the other huge storylines from this series, Adam Kolarik versus Juan Soto. Yep, we saw it uh, in Game One. We saw it again, a long at bat. I mean. Like, not in terms of pitch number, pitch count, but Kolarik just takes his sweet time. Um, I think they have a mound visit or two. Just a long at-bat. He comes in. Uh, he does his job. He gets Juan Soto. Um, and, uh, and then at, uh, Howie Kendrick come, uh, grounds out so the Nats can't push across any more runs. Yeah, and I mean, I, you know, of course I remember the Juan Soto versus Adam Kolarik matchup, but like when I think of the series, it's not the first one that comes to mind, yeah. but it is like a pretty important storyline because this was the second of only three meetings between this reliever and when Juan Soto. And of course it's come up again in game five when uh, Dave Roberts doesn't put in Kolarik to face Juan Soto late in the game and he ends up hitting a home run off Clayton Kershaw. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you know, but yeah, Kolarik gets the best of Soto throughout this series. Like I said, the second of three meetings they eventually have. Uh, but I, I think some other small things that I didn't notice during the game 
you know, Juan Soto standing, basically standing behind home plate while watching Kolarik warm up. That's right. Um, before the, during the pitching change, you know, we didn't notice that while sitting in the press box, but he's, you know, he got struck out the night before. He knows that this is the guy on the roster, you know, tasked with getting Soto out. So, you know, he is trying to get as much information as possible. We know how much Juan Soto loves to study pitchers um, and what they want to do to him. That's why he's such a great hitter. Uh, he's standing right behind home plate trying to get uh, a feel of what Cleric's going to do to him. He works a great at-bat. And you mentioned how long the at-bat was. Well, it's also because Trey Turner is at second base trying to That's right. get some attention from Cleric. You know, he is getting a huge lead. And I think Cleric steps off like three or four times during this whole at-bat trying to keep Trey Turner at bay. So, I guess kudos, to, hats off to Kolarik for keeping his head and getting a pitch. I think this is the this is the ball that bounces off his glove, right? Yeah. But it goes straight to Corey Seager, yep. I think, at short. Yeah. Um, and, and Juan Soto still almost beats out the throw. They almost, the Nats considered challenging it, but obviously, of course, they didn't. But uh, they, they thought about challenging it. It was that close. But Kolarik is now two for two against Juan Soto. So Nats cannot push any more runs across in the top half of the seventh then the bottom half of the seventh, the, the Dodgers inch closer. Sean Doolittle comes in for Steven Strasburg, and Max Muncy has an absolutely titanic blast to right field, a, a beautiful bat flip. I'm not afraid to say it. Um, and yeah. uh, that's the only damage, it's the only hit coming in the bottom of the eighth, but man is, or bottom of the seventh, rather, but man, is it a big one because now it's a 3 2 game. Yeah, and Doolittle. Coming into the seventh, obviously an inning that he's not usually put into. Uh, not familiar with this kind of territory, but he was facing the heart of those Dodgers lefties. And, you know, he was the most effective left-handed pitcher in that bullpen. Maybe the only left-handed pitcher they kept in that bullpen coming into this series. I didn't look at the the NLDS roster, but uh, yeah, Doolittle's tasked with that. Muncy gets him, but aside from that, Doolittle has a pretty strong inning. Considering that he's put in a situation he's not familiar with, you know, relieving in the seventh inning, and and I, you know, totally totally forgot that he he gets thrown into this scenario because of how many left-handed hitters the Dodgers have. Top eight, Nats need a run. Now they're all of a sudden it's just a one-run lead for the Nats, and they get one. Uh, Ryan Dustin May comes in for the Dodgers. Uh, Ryan Zimmerman with a leadoff double again. The storyline I brought it up last week, but. I really want to see how the Nats did against rookies in particular because Dustin May, a rookie pitcher, and the Nats veteran, Ryan Zimmerman, doubles, um, and then the Nats are able to, to cash in. Suzuki um, uh, draws a walk, I believe. Um, uh, Robles drops down a bunt uh, and comes up limp, limping, which, of course, would be a big storyline later. Um, but then uh, Asdrubal Cabrera with maybe his biggest hit of the postseason. I mean, that... that probably was at this point, an RBI single, um, and then gets caught in a rundown that the Nats probably could have had more, wanted more at that point, but they get a huge insurance run up 4-2 after the top of the eighth. And this is where we see the decision to start Zimmerman and slide over Howie Kendrick and bench as Jubal Cabrera comes into Davey, Mar- Davey Martinez's favor because you got Zimmerman, and Zimmerman just misses a home run earlier in his at-bat. I think it's the first pitch. He hits just foul. Otherwise, you know, if it's three feet to the left down the right field line, it's a home run. But he ends up getting a double on a, on a great swing. Uh, and, and then Suzuki gets a gets a big walk. And then you have Azrubo Cabrera, a switch hitter, you know, as a pinch as a pinch hitter, 
that's a t- that's a tough task for an opposing manager to deal with because you know what do you do? Do you bring in a left-handed pitcher or whatever? Because it doesn't matter. He's just going to switch or he could turn around and bat from the other side. And and as Trubal Cabrera, like you said, delivers a big hit, uh, kind of foreshadowing his value for the Nationals throughout the postseason. It's coming off the bench, and of course in the World Series, starting and then le- allowing Howie Kendrick to DH. Um, but yeah, it's it's an inning that they were able to manufacture runs again. You know, they got a guy on early leading off and they were able to get him in. That's something that they continue to do that we had not seen in postseasons past for this Nationals team. And then bottom of the eighth, Max Scherzer comes out of the bullpen and starts throwing gas. I mean, I, again, yeah. I, I remember before that inning, they showed Scherzer in the bullpen innings before. <laughs> and I thought there's no way there's just no yeah. way. And and he comes got, out of the bullpen I, and it is incredible. I've got to be honest. I totally forgot Max comes out of the bullpen in this game. <laughs> oh, that I was had the this one image thing in I my heard about that game. Really, I I always think of Strasburg. You know, I just think of Strasburg dominating. Uh, I I oh, because I have his image in my head, and I guess it comes from Game Five. But of him in the bullpen, and also I guess maybe it was Game One. Two. No, it couldn't have been Game One. But uh, they they kept showing him in the bullpen, and. And, uh, and but he never comes in. That's that must be the image in my head from game five, because he, they do that. Obviously, you know, there's that great scene of Scherzer running in from the bullpen after they clinch game five. Um, so I just had that image in my head and that he yeah, they put him in the bullpen, but he never actually comes into a game. Lo and behold, here he is game two coming in for the eighth inning. Um, like you said, he just throws heat. I mean, he looks like Max Scherzer on a normal start yeah. considering that he pitched just three days ago. And you know, it's funny too, cause it's like the opposite of Strasburg. You know, he started three days ago. Now this is basically his bullpen session. You give him an inning, a high leverage inning, and then you get him out of there and he was clean. I think he only threw like 12 pitches, 14 checks out the side on 14 pitches. And that is the, that it could not have worked out more perfectly for the nationals. Three swinging strikeouts the windiest whiffs you'll ever see. I mean, they were <laughs> huge, huge whiffs. I don't think any of those Dodgers were ready for 99 miles an hour coming from Steve uh, from Max Scherzer. They got it in that half inning. Uh, just I don't an think I was. Inning. No. Uh, also, low-key storyline, Victor Robles comes out of the game. Michael A. Taylor comes into center. Of course, none of us are thinking about Like, we're thinking about it, but obviously Max Scherzer is the dominant storyline at that point. But right. it, would, it, would, uh, it would be a factor. Well, you see Robles go up limping, running down the line uh, in the in the top of the inning, yeah. and you think, okay, it's just safety precaution. You know, you you don't lose anything defensively by putting in Michael A. Taylor in center field. Um, and, and you know, and I love me some uh, Matty postseason, Matty Ice in the postseason. He yeah. had some big October moments in his career. Still more to come, obviously, in 2019. Uh, but we don't see Robles again until Game Three of the NLCS. That's a sneaky storyline, like you said, from this game that Robles misses the next what four, five games. Yeah. Um, all right, let's jump ahead to the bottom of the ninth because that's when. Things get real interesting. Um, at this point, we're ready to head down to the clubhouse. We're hoping it's a quick oh God. one, two, three, ninth inning from Daniel Hudson, and it ends up not being the case. Uh, Justin Turner leads off with a double. Big, big strikeout of A.J. Pollock by Hudson, so one down. Um, and then a pop fly in, on, in the left field corner-ish behind third base. And Anthony Rendon, with an absolutely outstanding catch, uh, 
to really keep the, the game saved for the time being. But wow, I, I had forgotten entirely about that unbelievable catch. Here's, a, here's another thing, as another instance of where I, the, all October just gets crammed into one yep. like memory file in my brain. Because I could have sworn that happened in game five. <laughs> <laughs> I could have sworn like he did that to like send the game into extras in game five or something like that. Also, yep. you forgot to mention that the Justin Turner hits the leadoff ground rule double in this inning. So he's standing on second base yes. during this pop fly. If Anthony Rendon misses that, he might score. Yes. Um, and, yeah. and that's a run. With no outs. Oh no, actually, sorry. AJ Pollock just struck out. But like, that's a that's a a one run game with the heart of the Dodgers lineup coming up. Um, so, but yeah, a, a great athletic play by Anthony Rendon. I think I was like standing in the front of the press box watching that because and the way he angled himself, I totally thought he dropped it. But yeah. he makes a snow cone grab. Uh, was able to squeeze it in his uh, glove and and just immediately just tosses it back to Trey Turner, who's standing at third. Um, keeping uh keeping Justin Turner at second place but yeah huge huge play by Anthony Rendon I'm sure he's not a gold glover yeah yeah exactly uh so then one so I believe uh there's a uh, runner on second heart of the order coming up Nats are up four to two um and then an intentional walk puts the winning run at the plate which is one of the more yep. controversial decisions that Davey Martinez made in the month of October yep Yep, he sends uh, uh, Max Muncy to to first base immediately, just right there. Uh, and you know, you're thinking, okay, get the force out, Muncy. You know, no, he's not the rookie. Is he end up rookie of the year? Whatever. He obviously he's a huge bat at 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 the plate. Um, you don't want him swinging against Daniel Hudson, who is prone to the long ball. Uh, and you you would guess rather him face Will Smith. But then he strikes out. I mean, he walks Will Smith on four pitches. Four pitches that were not <laughs> the even bases close. Are loaded. Not even not close. Not even close. None of them and were And Kurt walks out halfway through that at bat. Be like, yo, look, let's calm down a little bit. And then he throws two more <laughs> balls way yeah. outside. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, whoa. No. What, that, what's happening? Yeah, that was like, what? what is going on here? And loads the bases. So now you have loads the, the bases. Yeah, the base is loaded. I'm, I know what's happening, and I'm getting nervous re-watching it. Um, oh, my it God. Was, Oh, my God. So intense. Um, And then to end the game, massive, massive pitch to strike out uh, Seager. Low and inside looked like um, a a slider, maybe, from uh, Daniel Hudson to end the game. But, wow, that, that, uh, that could be a completely different series and a completely different October if Corey Seager gets a hit there. Well, he falls down 0-2 quickly. I mean, this is that bad. I, I mean, I remember this that bad, but I don't remember how long and extensive it was. Corey, Se- I mean, to his credit, he battled, man. He fouled off a bunch of pitches. He falls down 0-2 pretty quickly. Then he falls off, uh, fouls off three straight balls or pitches, uh, then four in total. Uh, and then on the eighth pitch, he strikes out. And I, I didn't notice this nugget from watching the game live, but Kurt Suzuki comes out because they they want to make sure – that they're getting the calls straight or, or the signs straight up. And they, you know, with the bases loaded, you got eyes all around. Um, so, and the first three previous pitches that Seager Seager also reaches out of some of these, like they're balls, man. And he's yes. reaching out to foul them off. Yeah. Um, but they're all heaters down and away. He's throwing fastballs down and away. And then he comes back with a slider inside to strike them out. 
I mean, that's just some masterful pitch calling by Kurt Suzuki and credit to Daniel Hudson for finally finding a place that he was supposed to put him when he finally uh, got inside on, on Seager and crosses him up to, to end the game. Just wild. Just an absolutely wild ending to that, to that game. Plenty of drama in that Nats postseason run, and, and yeah. it, was, it was never easy, at least through their first two wins of the postseason. Once they got to the NLCS, then it started to get a little bit easier. But the NLDS was a hard-fought battle. We will be coming back to you next week with Game 3, or Game 4, rather, because they lost Game 3 at Nationals Park. Yeah, crushing Game 3. Yes, they did. 10-4, to 4, I believe, was the final in that game. Um, and uh, so we'll, we'll skip over that. No one wants to hear about the losses. So we'll touch on just the wins. And, of course, you can watch just the wins on Masson starting tomorrow, 1 o'clock. Uh, they start with the wild card game, of course. Nationals and Brewers going to be a fun rewatch. And you can rewatch all of their postseason wins on Masson first couple weeks of April. Bobby is at Bobby underscore Blanco on Twitter. I am at Paul Mancano on Twitter, of course. Rate, subscribe, review, all that good stuff. We will be back in a week. Bob, thanks so much for hopping on. Thanks, Paul. I did a great job uh, producing it once again. Thank you so much. Uh, And thanks to everybody for tuning in. Stay home, stay safe, stay with your family. Thank you guys for joining us here on the Mass and All Access podcast, and we will be back in a week.